Picture this. You're a singer or musician. You've spent months preparing for your debut, recording singles, commissioned artwork, had photo shoots, the works. And then, just as you're about to drop your first single, a global pandemic happens. I'm Liam Garrity. It's time to meet your maker. Excuse me. Don't know what happened there. Meet your maker. Hi, I'm C-Matt. I'm an international pop sensation who is living in Glasnevin, and Fingless with my nanny and granddad. <laughs> so in April, C-Matt released her first single, Another Day KFC. Oh, let me tell you, there was a lot of conversations. So I've been working on this project for a, like, I've been working on the launch of this project for, I would say, about two years. Like, it's been a long time coming. We recorded and mastered everything in about November of last year. And it was all mastered, all ready to go. And we were just waiting on, we, we kind of knew it was going to be around February that we were going to launch it. February is my birthday and I'm always like I want to launch things for my birthday as a present to myself then it was kind of the end of February and I was like hmm there's a little uh, something about global pandemic is coming this way I'll probably be fine it's probably never going to come here and then it was getting closer and closer to the proposed release date and you know I was I had like for a year and a half had been planning this trip to Japan with my best friend and we were going to go to Japan we're going to eat good we're going to see the sights like we're going to be living it up the day that I was made temporarily redundant from my job was the same day that I was supposed to be going to Japan with regards to the music I was kind of talking to my manager I was like so do we do we release now or do we not and then it just was we're like you know what let's just do it like because everything is done you know all the music is done you know for better for worse everyone is stuck at home with nothing to do and they're all like you know scratching themselves and you know sleeping until one o'clock in the day and anytime anything happens it's the most exciting thing to ever happen so I was like yeah might be launching my whole music project in the middle of a global pandemic but like what what else are you gonna release a a very labored project of love (laughs) (laughs) so in april cmat released her first single another day kfc baby give me something else to do i cried in kfc again over you and everyone was looking so i cried some Seamat says the pandemic has put a halt to how things usually work after you release a single. So I was in a band before, so I kind of knew how it works in the sense that, you know, you launch your single, you get your little bit of traction online. And that's when the gig offers started coming in hot and heavy and you're getting all these opportunities to travel or you're getting these opportunities to play in these amazing venues and like hanging out with cool people and getting to meet musicians that you've wanted to meet for ages, like that are working in Dublin as well. And there's just none of that. 
<laughs> it's just none of it. And you're like, ah, oh, geez. You know, I released my second single yesterday and immediately got loads of like really nice messages and traction. It's been received really well. And usually when they, like, I just know from my previous experience in the band, if something is received even a little bit well, the live offers are the first thing to start coming in. So it's really funny to be kind of getting all this traction and to be kind of, starting to spread the uh, I, ha- I hate the word fan base but you know starting to spread the people who are aware of my music a little bit more and just no live offers just like nothing you're just like okay well I guess I just released another song why do you hate me why why do you hate me why why do When you're first starting off as a musician, like you're looking at the first two years as all of your income is live, pretty much all of your income is live because, you know, your streaming numbers aren't going to be there. Your licensing isn't going to be there. You know, your syncs is where you make all the money. A sync is a music license for film, TV, ads, that kind of stuff. Pretty much if you're not pursuing co-writing for other people or if you're not pursuing a publishing deal for working with other artists and stuff if you aren't pursuing that and you want to just be your own musician pretty much the first two or three years is all live all your income is live live and merchandising and the place that you sell your merch is live everything's live so it's yeah it's a huge it's like a huge hit but I'm trying not to see it that way because it's not like I had that much taken away from me it's just like I never got offered the stuff that I should have been offered with a single release. Do you know what I mean? I'm trying to stay positive here. Just trying to. <laughs> Vast majority of people in the music industry that are pursuing music, they come from money. They have a mom and dad that are paying for their projects. They have you know, a rich auntie or a rich uncle or someone that is paying for the first couple of years of their recording career because legitimately that is like the only reasonable way to break in unless you're a person like me who works full time. So I was always, I was pretty much always working full time and the way I wrote music was kind of developed around that. So essentially... I was always writing notes, I was always writing pieces, I was always writing snippets. You know, whenever an idea was coming to me, if I was in the office, if I was in the shower, if I was, you know, going to the shops, if I was walking, I have 10,000 million and one voice notes on my iPhone that are just me singing and like, (laughs) or whatever. It sounds very bad and very demented. But then my process would be to collect whenever I do have the time, say I have some studio time or I have a place I can go work I take all the notes that I have and I iron them out into a song that's pretty much how I've always worked when lockdown started I was like okay I have so many notes to work through so that's what I did I just started you know like waking up at the very early hour of 11 o'clock in the morning and uh, then maybe starting work at like 12 and just piecing together all the little bits that I had lying around so I was able to do that quite successfully. However, I totally understand where people are coming from 
with regards to creativity not being a priority at the moment. I don't think I've written anything new. Like, I don't think I've come up with any original snippets or original ideas or that much by way of like original lyrical ideas because I haven't been doing anything. You need to be out in the world and experiencing things and having things put, you know, inspiration has to come when you're not looking for it. For me, anyway, like you have to be out working or you overhear someone say the wrong thing and you're like, oh my God, that's amazing. What if I made that a turn of phrase? You know, so I totally get where people are coming from with the lack of motivation to not be creative. I was just lucky that I kind of had a lot of bits to work on that were quite mechanical, if you know what I mean. And then in terms of recording, the only, because I'm currently living with my nanny and granddad uh, and they are just loving me being a musician at this time, I tell you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're loving it but I have so I have two microphones pretty much I have like my dynamic mic I have my condenser mic I try to I make my little fake really bad beats on uh, the computer and then I'll record the the good thing is I can do all my vocal arranging and I can do a lot of just lead vocals from home and that's not too bad and I can kind of work remotely with my producer that way but not, I can't really start from scratch. So it does, it, it will run out eventually. Do you know what I mean? You can't, you can't work remotely forever on music. If you're me, there's lots of people who are one man studios, one woman studios that they just, they write and produce and record a bit, a bit of it. And they can do everything. I can't do everything. So it, it will run out for me in terms of material and in terms of stuff that I can work on remotely with my producer. So that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. For her second single, Rodney, Seamat made an entire music video at home. She was the star, director, producer, editor, hair and makeup, choreography, the whole shebang. So... I have this amazing work ethic where if I have something that I know has to be done for a month and a half, I will do it two days beforehand and I will stress myself out and my hair will fall out. That's how I've always worked. I'm really bad at like doing pre-work. So with the music video, I basically left myself with three days to get it done, even though I knew I had to do it. I knew I had to do it. You had to do it, Liam. You had to do it for a good month, and it was the <laughs> it was three days before the deadline, and I was like, "Oh, well, I better start today." So I didn't sleep for those three days because I was running around. But basically, my music manager's wife is a photographer, and she dropped me over a camera, dropped me over a tripod, and was like, "Godspeed, good luck." do what you have to do figure it out so I just figured it out I just had to work I have one ring light like you know a social media Instagram influencer ring light and I use oh I'm so fancy you know got it it was probably about 60 quid and it's the best thing I've ever bought my whole entire life and I, I have that and I had a camera and I just had to I just had to work with my house now luckily like I said I live with my grandparents and my granddad is a wallpaper aficionado we have a lot of wallpaper. It just looked good because of the wallpaper. And I think because of my outfits clashing with the wallpaper. And it just looked funny. And I just had fun doing it because I was starting to lose my mind. 
very quickly after I started because I realized how little time I had left myself to do it. So I shot it in two days, tripod, ring light. My nanny and granddad on the second day were like, right, we're leaving. I'm not dealing with this anymore. And they went over to my auntie's house because they were like, I can't look at you. You're stressing me out. Like, because they'd be going into the kitchen to try to get a slice of toast. And I was there with my tripod and I was like, guys, you're ruining the shot. Like, you're, you're ruining my lighting. What are you trying to do to me? Like, I'm trying to get a cup of tea. Um, so I kind of, yeah, I was completely took over the gas. Yeah, I tell you, I tell you, I'm all right now, but last week I was in rough shape, you know? I mean, I don't got no respect from anyone. Well, last week my house was on fire. My wife told the kids, be quiet, you wake up daddy. <laughs> Seamat's second single, Rodney, is named after comedian Rodney Dangerfield. I love him. I think he writes jokes the way that I write songs, which is like I I always say like I'm not an album girl. I, I don't really listen to albums ever. I love a song. I will listen to one song like five, ten, fifteen times in a row if I really, really like it. And the way he writes his jokes is like one-liners like that are independent of each other, all within the set. But every one-liner has to hit and has to hit really hard. I got no respect here in California either, I'll tell you really? that. Really? Uh, I got stuck the other day, you know, I wanted to go sightseeing. They took me on a tour of all the extras' houses. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, but I'm running around, I gain weight back, John. You really? know what I mean? Hey, you don't eat properly in a road. You're running around all the time, you know, and I... And it's tough to, you know, lose weight when you're all jumping around a bit, you know. And uh, But I was much heavier. I was fat, you kidding. I was so fat when I got my shoe shine, I had to take the guy's word for it. I mean, I was fat. But also, he's, like, really pathetic. And his character is really, really pathetic. And I was like, oh, my God, same. <laughs> I love it. I just really relate to him. I don't know. Like, I know it makes absolutely no sense to relate to a comedian who was popular in the 1970s and 80s and mainly made jokes about his mother-in-law. But uh, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just get it. I just feel like I get him. And I think he's really funny. Now, but skinny's better than fat, I'll tell you that. But it would be skinny. Better for your health, you know, health. And that's what's important, your health. health. Oh, health. Good. you kidding? I'm not a kidney boy. I'm getting old now. Yeah. I know I'm getting old. I'm at the age now, if I hear someone goes both ways, I figure it's number one and number two. You know? So I'm really, at the moment, as well as my own project, I'm really interested in pursuing co-writing. I actually moved to England a couple of years ago because I dissolved my old band to pursue co-writing. Co-writing is essentially where you get a publishing deal with a major record label and you work on sessions of songs for other people. So like big pop stars, you know, the famous ones. The people who make the most money are like the top 1% of musicians, if not 1.5% of musicians in the world. But I love co-writing I love the whole concept of it you know a lot of people look down on it a lot of people are like oh it's manufactured music it's not real it's not this but my experience of it is you might have 10 people in a room you might have 20 people in a room 
every single person they're not there to make money like they're there because they want to make the best song possible and they work so hard just to make a really really good song and it's this like group effort we just want to make a banger we just want to make the best song possible and you get down you're splitting hairs by the end of it you're like okay but I think that this particular note requires an ah sound instead of an o sound and you're like yeah I get you but then that ruins the flow of the lyric that we put before okay so I guess we have to write a whole new lyric for this whole thing okay so let's work on that blah 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 blah. like it's really really finite details that you're working with and I just think that's amazing so that's kind of what I'm trying to pursue as well as my own music because I think with my own music it's a little wacky it's a little uh it's it's definitely like a singular voice that um doesn't appeal to not that it doesn't appeal to everyone but that I'm not trying to make appeal to everyone whereas co-writing is kind of a different story you're kind of trying to make the best song that's really memorable and really beautiful and has a lot behind it and ties in maybe to what's going on in the personal life of like the artist that you're writing for. So that's that's kind of the other thing that I'm trying to pursue at the moment other than my own career as a international pop sensation that I am. <laughs> CMAT's first two singles, Another Day, KFC and Rodney are out now. Meet Your Maker is produced and hosted by me, Liam Garrity. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Additional music in this episode was by Blue Dot Sessions. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash meetyourmaker. I've been having a look at where people are listening in from, and it is all over the world, which is amazing. So this week, if you are listening in from Australia, of which there seems to be quite a few of you, I want you to take a snap of whatever you're looking at right now, whatever's in front of you, and tweet it to me, at MeetYourMaker IE. Okay, that's it. See you next time. Meet Your Maker is a member of The Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts. For more, including my podcast, The Critter Shed, see the Warren.ie.